The published title of this morning's homily was Praise What? Thank Whom? Rejoice Why? It was to be an inquiry into the tension between the black gospel tradition and the historically white culture of Unitarian Universalism, between faith and atheism and agnosticism and pluralism, between heart and head and spirit. This is going to be a pretty good sermon, actually. (laughs) But I, I never wrote it. Because last Tuesday, I submitted to the Standing Committee my resignation as senior minister of First Parish in Cambridge, effective at the end of September. And then the next day, Wednesday, a young white man shot nine people dead at Mother Emanuel AME Church in Charleston an act of terrorism against a congregation with a proud history of resistance to racism. So where to begin? We begin and we end in love. We praise the source of love. We thank the Spirit of love. We rejoice in the abiding power of love. Love never ends, wrote the Apostle Paul. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love is stronger than our theological differences and our cultural differences and our racial differences. Love is stronger than injustice. Love is stronger than terror. In 2008, I came to this congregation for love. In 2015, I leave it for love. I have loved serving you as your pastor. I love the people of this congregation, your passion, your dedication, your struggles, even your many idiosyncrasies. I leave First Parish for love of our children and their children, for love of the most vulnerable people on the planet, for love of all the creatures of the earth. Last September, I had an idea how to mobilize people of faith across religious boundaries as a public force for environmental and climate justice. The idea was to move religious environmentalism beyond personal lifestyle choices, beyond a green sanctuary, into the voting booth and into the corridors of political power. I called it the Creation Coalition. 
When I began to share this idea with religious and secular environmental leaders, the response was electric. People would hand me their business cards and ask me how they could help. And then church happened. Our associate minister, Lilia Cuervo, resigned. The proposal to convert our basement auditorium into a young adult homeless shelter required countless hours of discussion and negotiation. Black Lives Matter demanded leadership and public witness. All the things that make parish ministry both rewarding and challenging asserted themselves. I gave myself fully to the life of the church and its community. The only leadership I could offer the climate movement was when someone issued me a personal invitation to show up, which isn't really leadership at all. There was no time for the Creation Coalition. In February, at the Unitarian Universalist Ministers Association Institute in Asilomar, California, I had the privilege of spending several days with Joanna Macy, the Buddhist philosopher and activist. She paired us up and invited us to role play someone from the present in conversation with someone in the year 2215, 200 years from now. As I contemplated what's in store for our children's children through the coming decades, I wept tears of shame at having done so little to avert it to prevent the bad from getting worse and the worst from becoming worse still. It was my first inkling that I might need to do climate justice work full time. There may be a few times in our lifetime, Macy writes, when we experience such a strong intuitive pull toward a course of action that we know it to be the right thing for us to do. Even when the odds seem against us, we feel these powerful summonings deep in our hearts and we are drawn to respond. A larger story is taking place, Macy writes, and we've just chosen or been chosen to play a larger role in it. Last month, I told the standing committee that starting in September, I wanted to dedicate one day each week to working on climate justice. Some were enthusiastic about the idea, some cautious, some opposed. I began to discuss with the personnel committee which of my tasks might be delegated or cut back. I offered to take a pay cut so the church could apply the savings to additional staff. But the more we discussed it, the more I realized it wasn't a realistic proposal. First Parish needs a full-time minister. And I need more than a day a week to get the Creation Coalition off the ground. I subscribe to a daily reflection by Methodist minister Steve Garnis Holmes. Steve's words on May 29 pierced my heart. God is creating more of you than you have yet brought forth. 
Each of us often feels a yearning, a swelling of our souls, a discomfort that may feel unwelcome but is something new and holy waiting to be born from within. This new birth will require pain and struggle, but will come. Then just two days later, preparing for worship here, I selected at the last minute a prayer by Ted Loder, another Methodist minister. Since I'd used the prayer before in worship, I didn't bother to preview the whole thing. Reading it aloud in worship, I heard its closing words as if for the first time. Breathe into me the restlessness and courage to make something new, something saving, and something true, that I may understand what it is to rejoice. In his classic book, Transitions, William Bridges writes, to gain, you must first give up. And I am giving up so much. First Parish in Cambridge is a bold, visionary, and generous congregation. You have supported me and loved me and challenged me and made me a far better minister than I was. I love you. And I will miss you. You will be fine. You will be fine. I know some of you think with all the changes happening around here, this is not a good time for me to leave. But change is always happening. There's never an ideal time to leave. By the time I made sure I wasn't leaving too soon, I'd probably be leaving too late. Some of you are worried about what will happen to the justice and transformation agendas at First Parish. I'm not. I'm not. When I first preached on transformation in October of 2008, almost seven years ago, I said, this is not my vision. It's yours. And that's even truer today than it was then. During this transition, you will have the opportunity to reaffirm, rearticulate, and reclaim the mission of justice, anti-racism, and multiculturalism that has inspired many of you to choose First Parish and to remain here. You will have the opportunity to step into your power, to discover new strengths, to realize gifts unimagined. You will have the opportunity to call a new minister to lead and companion this congregation farther and more powerfully on the journey toward beloved community. As I turn my attention to climate justice, I am not abandoning other justice movements. All are connected one to another. I'm reminded of the conundrum faced by feminists in the United States in the first decades of the 19th century. Should they work for women's rights or for the abolition of slavery? How could they choose? Why should they have to? Even as we are committed 
to the liberation of all. Each of us must decide in every moment where to focus. It's time for me to focus primarily on climate justice. Faith, said Dr. King, is taking the first step even when you can't see the whole staircase. None of us can see the whole staircase. But each of us can take the first step. Norman Hirsch is a rabbi and a poet. He writes, once or twice in a lifetime, we may choose a radical leaving, having heard lech lecha, go forth. God disturbs us toward our destiny by hard events and by freedom's now urgent voice which explode and confirm who we are. We don't like leaving, but God loves becoming. My friends, let us go forth, each of us and all of us. Let us become. Amen. Ashe. And blessed be.